0: Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. I'm your host, Heather Kelly, and today we are talking about vaccines. Joining me today is the producer and director of a documentary called Shot in the Arm, that is Scott Hamilton Kennedy, and also the executive producer, Neil deGrasse Tyson. How's everybody doing?
1: Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks for your interest here. Right, yeah. beer.
0: First of all, I don't know if either of you can answer this question, but vaccines are big business, truly are, at least with the pharmaceutical companies. But this whole thing that you do cover, uh, Scott, in your documentary on anti-vaxxers, I was surprised at how much money some of these anti-vaxxers that have the bigger platforms, they're making a lot of money off of this as well.
2: Absolutely. No, you're, you're making a good point that people try to to say that a perceived conflict of interest means that it is a conflict of interest. And then they don't want you to point out the conflict of interest that that, that they may have. So should I not trust somebody who's making money off their product? That's a pretty lazy intellectual conversation. We wouldn't be doing anything. I wouldn't read the New York Times. I wouldn't buy any product because everybody's making money from that. So with the way that I need to decide as a journalist and as a father, should I trust a vaccine company for their vaccine, even if they're going to make money off it, isn't going to be just that they're going to make money off it. It's going to be, what is the validity of that vaccine? Is it safe? Is it going to help my family? Where the antis try to use that profit margin as, look, see, they're just evil and they want to, they just want to make money off of this without so many levels of problems with that equation. One of the biggest ones being, Hey, do those same people give the vaccines to their children? And of course they do. That's only one piece of it, not scientific. The but they do try to dodge the fact that they're using their uh, perceived David versus Goliath image that they're the ones you should listen to, and they're actually using this disinformation to make lots and lots of money: speaking fees, selling products online.
0: Neil, I do want to bring you into this. I think most of the world knows you as an astrophysicist. Yes, the yes. What are you doing talking about vaccines?
1: Oh no, so, <laughs> so you may have noticed I'm not in the film. Okay, so okay, like
2: uh, getting your vaccine, you get your vaccine. Oh, sorry, that's true. That's true.
1: So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I, I'm. I get the the shot in the arm. Yes. with the two thumbs up. Yes. Um, and that was in Harlem Hospital, actually, in New York City, and. For me, first and foremost, as script consultant, I'm credited as such. Uh, Scott showed me an early version of the film, like a two-hour edit, and wanted my opinions on it. Not only the choice of scenes, but also the scripting, his narration, and... Scientific validity. Yeah, and, and was he making a claim that he should have supported with some graphics, or what and so i was i got very into it and scott valued that on a level that he promoted me to executive producer realizing that what i bring to the table as an educator as a science educator yes astrophysics is my specialty but one could argue that an even greater specialty of mine is taking scientific information and communicating it in a way with a listener not only hears you they absorb it and take ownership of that new knowledge and by doing so they don't even have to reference you again because they they have risen to their own uh, they become empowered from within and that's my role in in this project so I, I think of myself as if scott is the the president he has a cabinet of advisors right and i'm i'm the educator I'm the, the secretary of education in the, in the, in this project. So, and by the way, we collaborated before on a film on uh, GMOs. Yes. Um, another sort of similarly difficult, challenging topic because of what people say who are against it. And it explores the misinformation that feeds their sentiment and attempts to correct the record.
0: So Neil, that what you're saying is you come at this purely as a scientist, and the data to back up whatever side that you decide to take. Precisely,
1: and there's another it. point. There's another point here where uh, it's not said explicitly in the film, but it's implicit uh, in a scene where many different research papers are laid down, all pointing in the same direction, debunking this singular claim that. The MMR vaccine causes autism. When you lay down those papers, what's going on there is no single scientific result is what's true. What must occur is that other scientists, ideally your competitors, attempt the same experiment or a similar experiment of their own design. And if they start getting the same result, then you are onto something. And ultimately that becomes an objective truth. And I've said this before, the good thing about science is that it's true whether or not you agree with it. <laughs> right. So 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 that's that's an important subtext of what's going on here. <laughs> oh, oh which means you say, I want to do what Andrew Wakefield says, and he's this one scientist who had this one result, which was later retracted from the journal. And it was never even a result. Fraudulent. It
2: wasn't right. even a result. It was a pointing right. like right. at a possibility. But yes. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the, so people have these heroes, and they want to follow the hero rather than a consensus. And the consensus, there, there's generally not a face in the, you know, because it's a consensus. It's less, it's less attractive to the clickbait.
2: An orthodoxy. Yeah. That's what Robert Kennedy Jr. loves to call it, like fighting the orthodoxy.
0: Right. But we're getting just slightly ahead of ourselves because go... everybody you just mentioned, if anybody who's listening to this right now, they have no idea what we're talking about. Right. I can say so, that. <laughs> so, Scott, uh... let's back up. Your film, right. Shot oh, in yeah. the Arm, documentary, starts with the myth surrounding the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, where yeah. at one point as Neil pointed out, a paper was published saying that this shot causes autism. So Scott, you started this documentary sort of researching what has happened with that movement of anti-vaxxers and what's happened.
2: Correct. So we are, it started in 2019 when we were seeing pockets of uh, measles outbreaks. And I was wondering why this was why this was happening. And the reason it was happening was because there were communicators out there like Andrew Wakefield and his fraudulent study that was, was debunked and it was retracted, but it took nine years. So in those nine years, it had a lot of sway over people like Jenny McCarthy and others who use that as evidence that vaccine caused autism when there is no connection at all. And we started with a film in 2019 saying, this is important enough. What, what is going on here to see these measles outbreaks? And we filmed with Dr. Paul Offit uh, Dr. Tony Fauci in 2019 became before he became Super Tony, and Dr. <laughs> Peter Hotez, and also the anti-vaxxers. The top of the pyramid, the anti-vaxxers, as mentioned, Andrew Wakefield, uh, Del Bigtree, used car salesman of the anti-vaxx movement, and now really the top top of the pyramid has become Robert Kennedy Jr., who is using his family's name to uh, really have a power over a lot of people with terrible, terrible disinformation and lies.
0: You show in the film that this anti-vax movement sort of moved into and just sort of grew with when COVID took over. Right. So what happened exponentially with, mm. with when it moved from measles to COVID?
2: Great question. Yes, we, we in the science-believing world were, was hoping that it would, the opposite would happen, that maybe this once-in-a-century horror that we are all trying to survive would be bring the end to some of the anti-vax. We hear a nurse in the film say that. She thought that, th- that COVID would be the end of the anti-science world. And I said, how did that work out? And she said, I've never been so wrong in my life. And what they did was that they just doubled down on, uh, don't trust the vaccine that's in development. Uh, they don't even, it's not even here yet. Don't trust the vaccine that's in development. Don't trust that COVID is even real. And then they would, of course, contradict themselves. Don't trust COVID is real, but we can also cure it with, with vitamin C. Or Clorox.
1: Ivermectin, here,
2: yeah. Or or even Ivermectin, where they would say Ivermectin. They were wrong on Ivermectin, but the irony was Ivermectin was still Big Pharma. So they're saying, don't trust Big Pharma here, but trust it here. It's just a disaster. They're not consistent at all. It's just don't trust them, only trust the words coming out of my, my mouth. And that's the... That's the bottom line question is is if somebody wants to ask me what's the most difficult, it Isn't it isn't trust Scott because he made this movie or trust Scott because you heard him on a podcast and he hopefully put a few words together that were clever or trust Robert Kennedy Jr. because he put a few words together that were clever. No. What are the systems that we can use to check to see if you should trust Scott or trust uh, Robert Kennedy Jr.? And it's the data. It's the evidence behind it.
1: And that seems to be missing. You know, I don't. As an educator, I ask myself, where where does this gap in thinking come from? Mm-hmm. And I got to go back to K through twelve, or K through sixteen, where science is taught as just this satchel of facts with face words that you memorize for the exam in the chapters, and at no time, uh, even if it is, it's not stressed that science is a way of querying nature, and it is a means of sifting through what is objectively true from what is objectively false. And if you are swayed by a charismatic, platformed person, then you're not invoking your critical faculties in assessing what's going on. And 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 by the way, there are I think I hinted at it, there are some people who have full pedigree telling you that the rest of the establishment is wrong. Whether or not they're politicians or TV stars, there there were medical doctors saying, don't trust the establishment. So again, that's not how science works. It doesn't work by going to the one person and believing that and rejecting everything else that has come out.
0: Do you feel, Neil, that social media and the internet has maybe put us back into the Middle Ages as far as information is concerned? Because <laughs> that would be,
1: it's, that's almost too easy to agree. Give me a sentence that's harder to agree with. <laughs> well, it's double
2: edged, guys. That's not, it's, it's okay. double
1: edged. That's true. It's, it's double edged because
2: it is a remarkable tool. Look how we're communicating. Look how we're going to reach your, your wonderful audience, right? It's a double edged. What is difficult is that. We also all have to have responsibility in this, right? Don't blame the technology, right? The hammer can be used to build a house or smack somebody over the head, right? So while the people that created the algorithms within social media to feed disinformation and rage more than to feed good information, that's something to be looked at and hopefully find a balance. So I hope we will find some balance within this technology, so that it can do more good than harm but it's it's us too it's what do we want to do with it
1: but one one important point here yeah. there was a day before a google search so this is not specifically social media it's just the internet before a google search if i thought the earth was flat mm-hmm. there aren't many people i could talk to about it maybe someone down the street yeah. okay now you type in flat earth and you will find a website on it And you'll find everybody who thinks exactly the way you do, giving a false verification of your idea. And you come away thinking that you and your community of people are being suppressed or oppressed by the establishment. And now you have to band together. So people with very crazy ideas about what is objectively true have found one another.
0: I'm just seeing some of these theories about vaccines. It correlates back to when I was in biology class, I remember hearing about spontaneous regeneration. You know, you stick some wheat outside and mice show Mm -hmm. up the next morning. And so, oh, you know, putting rice out bonds mice. And so they're doing that same correlation between vaccines and autism.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And at the time, people thought that was true. Um, That It kind of looked that way, right? Yeah. This event and that event, and so the whole point of the methods and tools of science is you have a hypothesis that they're connected. Now test it. That's right. And the testing is not just sitting back and watching. It's do you know put put wheat in a a closed environment, all right, where mice can't get in. Uh, uh, You know, just look what mice are made of and look what wheat is made of. Correlation
2: does not equal causation. Yeah, yeah,
1: just figure out experiments to test. To see if your idea is wrong, not to see if your idea is right. And th- again, this is, this is the powerful tools of the field.
0: In your documentary, Scott, when we, you started off with the measles yeah. vaccine, and then it, it quickly changed over to COVID and, you know, the horrors around that. But what is happening with the measles outbreak? Because we started with this kind of a large outbreak in New York City. Yeah. And now I haven't heard anything about measles in the last few years. So what's happening there?
2: Well, sadly, there are still measles outbreaks, not as large as, as as New York City's. But one of the things that happened with COVID is that some of the, the anti-vaccine uh, rhetoric that got accelerated during COVID led to not only avoiding the COVID vaccine, but people, some people, avoiding getting their entire recommended family vaccines for their for their children. So we are at a time where there are vaccine levels that are getting dangerously close to not maintaining herd immunity. So we need to be vigilant about following the science on this and making Yeah,
1: sure but Scott, that... are those stories just buried under much bigger stories because many more people were affected right. by COVID, we have war in the Middle East. You know, okay. there's just a lot more that we're going to talk about than what would be several hundred measles cases in a
2: Neil, that's the that's a bigger that's a bigger point on the fact that science has to fight to be seen as important when it is succeeding every day but it's not in the news right you're not going to put in the news that 40,000 lives were saved today because of previous vaccines and covid vaccines
1: yeah, it's not a news story right news yeah, no one died today that's <laughs> Headline. right yeah.
0: and how so, is not vaccinating affecting the health care which it drives up expenses as well i mean that's, that's a cost giver what's happening oh my gosh in that realm? it's awful
2: it's absolutely it's, ab- it's absolutely awful i mean it's a it's one of the, the things that came in the journey with this was being reminded by the public health universe that how important preventative measures are to lowering those costs. Right, a vaccine is a preventative measure. Eating more healthily is a preventative measure. All of these things we getting exercise, all these things that we can do, and uh, and it's it's a shame that. And somebody put it to me, these people are not just anti-vaxxers, people spreading disinformation, are not just wrong. They're keeping us from getting to the things that are really important and are correct. So it's really, it's a terrible loop. I've come to use the term they're not just corrupt, they're corrosive. They're corrosive to these institutions that we've come to trust in and make our lives in this planet safer and healthier for over hundreds and hundreds of years.
1: And who was it? Was it Paul Offit in the film who noted that vaccines are kind of a victim of their own success? Right. Uh, you get vaccine and nothing happens, That's all right. Crazy. And so it's easy to think, well, I don't need the vaccine. That's like going to someone and saying, you know, why do you use dandruff shampoo? You don't have dandruff right (laughs) good
2: marketing yeah and then they'll flip it on you and if there's one problem with one vaccine they'll say ccc it's
0: awful Mm -hmm. i I know we're coming to the end but uh again i have scott hamilton kennedy and neil degrasse tyson you are the producer director executive producers of the documentary shot in the arm thank you so much for coming on and where can people find this documentary if they want to see more
2: Absolutely. We're, we're, we're indie as they come. So we're an indie production. We are opening in theaters in New York City on November 2nd at the iconic Angelica Film Center and then opening in Los Angeles at the Lemley's Theater in Glendale and hopefully others on November 17th. And now we're going to be building that up to some other theaters. But please help us come to ShotInTheArmMovie.com and request a screening in your local theater or request a private screening at your local hospital or local museum or library and then we're tracking towards being on pbs in uh, 2024 we just don't have an exact date for that yet so
0: thank you so much and neil we're gonna talk space and money next
1: (laughs) i'm there for you (laughs) a lot of money in space
0: yes there is Uh yeah thank you
1: okay bye (laughs)
0: Twitter and Instagram.